please be advised. The Kind of Movie Critics podcast may contain spoilers. This includes most of the movies you're going to want to see. This shit also contains profanity, so there's that. Enjoy. Yo, yo, it's Treasy. Hey, hey, it's Corey. It's Martin the Mel, man. It's Jesse T. And I'm Young Leezy. And we are the Kind of Movie Critics, man. Here, We're about that action here at Kind of Movie Critics. I think I just try to up up myself in the corniness of I don't know how to come off of the names. I just don't. I don't know how to come off the names into the content of the podcast. So I, I literally just say whatever comes to mind. It's usually some dumb shit. Oh oh okay. I would I, We're okay can, with it. My hey, name is Jermaine you. and I have a problem. <laughs> <laughs> that was that was my everyone else was real moment. comfortable and you well, yeah, it's because we say things. the same thing every time. Like yeah. the pressure really is on him to introduce it. Yeah, it's it, think about <laughs> it though. Like, how do you transition from names to content and make people care? Like, it's nothing. I guess you with can a say. joke or something like that. My joke, joke about the content or something. You you could do one of your impressions. Oh my, no, let's not. Don't do that. <laughs> my don't. impressions are great. Impression of like a what a Christopher Nolan movie. I don't even know what that means. <laughs> <laughs> you want you want to do um the Joker. I don't want to disrespect Heath Ledger because I'm going to do the Joker better than Heath. So I don't, oh, don't want to wow. do that. Oh, is that bad? R.I.P. Too soon? I mean, it's like 10 years ago. So I, I think, I it's, think okay. it's ambitious on your part. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so mean, now you got to do it. No, that's. I'm not going to disrespect his legacy. Like He did a great job, and there's no point in me trying to. You know, if I'm going to do it, I have to do like. What we've learned is Jared Leto. I'm not going to say Leto anymore because I've, <laughs> I've officially proven to Young Leezy that it's Leto and not Leto. So if I'm going to do it, I'm going to have to do it like Leto and just go a whole separate direction. So I'm not going to disrespect uh, uh, the man's Joker. So anyway, what is uh, – I'm assuming everybody's somewhat up on Stranger Things too. Oh, I finished it in one day. Jeez. Jesus. That's dedication. Okay. Well, Nine hours. Time. Or not, not, Did a, you, not in total. The shows are not all an hour. Some of them are like 40 minutes. Roughly. So yeah. I did it. Uh, I did it in two days. So I, that's why I didn't yeah, talk too much shit. Yeah, it was two days. days. Yeah. I am almost done with season one. Yeah. So, so don't, don't, don't do that then. Because, you know, you're the slacker. It's not that I'm the overachiever. Listen, it's that you're a slacker. Listen, could be true. guys. Um, the show didn't really interest me when, the, when it first came out. And... Um, now I'm watching it, so and be, what do you think be so happy. Far? It's cool. It's a cool show. Um, it's not really my kind of show, but I think it's cool. I respect it. I think it's a how good. How do you I, not? How oh, that's so interesting because you like Spielberg and you like Stephen I do, King. I do. Right. I think I like it in like in containment. Uh, this is just like a. It's 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 too much. It's it's an overboard. Was my eye roll audible? <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, I'm allowed to like whatever the fuck I want to like. <laughs> um, it's, it, it has to do with television. It's just not my kind of TV show. Um, okay. It doesn't. It's just not my kind of show. I, I think it's cool. I think it's a great show. Like it's it's cool. I'm gonna watch it, and then I'm never gonna watch it again. Like, That's most shows. Yeah, yeah but I mean, you with them, so you're not saying much there. Fuck Did you? you. <laughs> so now that you've seen like parts of Stranger Things, what do you think about like in an alternate universe where the Duffer Brothers would have been able to make it? Do you think you would have enjoyed it more if they did it, or? I don't know. I don't. I don't. I have no knowledge of the Duffer Brothers other than Stranger Things. Well, nobody does. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I mean, they could have done it, and it could have been amazing. I don't know. Like, I mean, but she's saying based upon what you're seeing in Stranger Things, uh-huh. do you? Do I think he could have done a good job with it? Yeah, like they were supposed to do it, and they they, were. they didn't. They ended up. 
they're giving it to someone else. Oh. And they made Stranger Things instead. Oh, I see what you mean. Okay. How did the name come up in the conversation for it before Stranger Things? I wonder. I they did no Wayward Pines. I never watched oh. that. Oh, I never I never even heard of that. Yeah, it was like a kind of like a mystery horror TV show or something like that. Oh. I think so. So they have some cachet in this television history department. I mean, television horror department. Yeah. Okay, I thought they just literally popped up out of the blue on some Wachowski sisters type stuff. I hate you. What? It's sisters, isn't it? They're they're just the Wachowskis now. Oh, okay. I know. I don't know how to address them anymore. It's, I don't either. Let's let's move on because that's yeah. weird. Yeah. Um. So, uh, I well, as, as for some new stuff, I watched White Famous. The first three episodes of White Famous. You were like not looking forward to that though. You were like the trailer looked bad. So. Uh, I mean, I've said that about a lot. I said that about Get Out. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, oh, yeah. I said it too. Like, I'm not, I'm not gonna leave you out there on a ledge by yourself. Yeah. I thought the trailer didn't look good. Th- is it good though? Yo, well, okay. So here's the thing, and this is exactly why the trailer was bad. Um, because everything in the trailer was pretty much like the first episode, and the first episode to me was not that good. But as soon as you pass that, and you get the backstory to. You know who his uh, Jay Farrell's character's name is Floyd Mooney, and he, basically he's like a a stand up comic that's getting a lot of success, but he's trying to move to the next era in his career, which is like films and stuff like that. So, um, um, so once we kind of get that backstory, who he is, his agent, you know, his relationship with his son and his baby mother and stuff like that. Once we get out of that and into like the Hollywood stuff, it's actually really. It's like you can tell it's sort of. Entourage esque in it, like Entourage and Ballers at the same time. Never seen Ballers, but I it does have an Entourage sort of vibe. Mm-hmm. Um, shout out to Taraji P, but it has an Entourage <laughs> sort of vibe to it. Um, and apparently, it's supposed to be in the same world as like um, what's the what's the David Duchovny show? California like Cation. Oh, it's the same okay. universe. Yeah, the same universe. Yeah, it's supposed to be. I don't. Oh, I don't so watch California. Are there characters that like? Well, you don't watch Kelly because you don't. So you wouldn't know if there's characters well, that like. Bingo. Oh. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, it to me like what I wanted out of this show was like a black version of Funny People. Like, would you say that's kind of like what the show is? You mean like the Adam movie funny people? funny people? Yeah. Oh, okay. uh, man, I saw Funny People and I don't. Rem- it didn't stick with me. I'm gonna. Well, see, I mean, I'm Funny People say, is basically just like. Well, it's about Adam Sandler, of course. Seth Rogen is like his protege, but it's they have like basically dozens and dozens of comedians kind of making cameos and like talking about the industry or talking about comedy and stuff. But there's like a drama to it at the same time. Um, I I don't know. I don't feel comfortable making that comparison. Oh, so there aren't like a lot of cameos, like Entourage. No, I mean J- Jamie Foxx had a cameo. Oh, okay. Um, I thought he was on the show. Well, he was only in the first episode. He hasn't been in episode two oh. and three. His scene was actually pretty funny. I'm not going to lie. That comes, like, it comes from a place, for, especially for you. Yeah. Well, for you, you to know. give Jamie Foxx some form of Well, props. he does good in that space. In the comedy space and in the impression space, he does really good. It's just when he has to create a dramatic actor from scratch. Where you didn't I like don't, him in Ray? When he does impressions and when he does comedy, he's really good. We could dedicate an entire episode to your hatred of Jamie Foxx. It's not hatred. I want to... You know what it is? I finally identified with it. I think he's a very talented person, right? And I think somebody with his talent level, to not be talented in that space of like the dramatic characters, Mm -hmm. it's just... It's a shame because it's like this guy, he's funny... He can, you know, he acts, he plays piano, he does music, all this stuff. 
but he just can't be a dramatic actor. So it just kind of sticks out as somebody who just, as opposed to somebody who just acts and can't act. So it's not like a, it's not like I hate him. It's just like I expect more. I I, I want him to, if he's going to be this man of all of this shit, I want there to be no loopholes in it. You know what I'm saying? Mm. And there's just a big loophole in his dramatic acting. That's all I'm saying. So you didn't like bait? Oh, <laughs> please. <laughs> Next question. I don't even want to dignify that with any sort of answer. David Morse was the best thing that came out of bait. And not that he came out of it. He had already had a, a career, but he was the only thing that I took serious in bait. What about that action movie he just did recently? Probably not. Yeah. If Baby you can't Driver. name it. Huh? Baby Drive. No, no, no. The one where he was like, his kid gets kidnapped. Uh, we've already oh, talked yeah, about how yeah. we don't care about that, that bullshit. Movie. I, I, keep it 100. <laughs> He's on his way to straight to that, straight to download. That movie <laughs> wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be, but it, it still wasn't good. So, so yeah. So, White Famous. I, I, really, I really enjoy White Famous right now. Shout out to Jay Farrell. Anybody else watching anything? Or Treasy, the only one that cares about? TV? I finished up Mindhunter. That's the Mindhunter. Mindhunter was very good. Mm-hmm. I just started that. Nice. So. Mindhunter was so good. Far. Very good. Mm-hmm. Very that, good. That opening it's, scene, though. Yeah. Is it is it strong throughout the whole thing? Or? Strong like what? Like violently? No, no. I'm saying just the whole season. Are there any like dull episodes? Or is it like good through the whole? It depends it's on what you find burn. dull. Yeah. Okay. The show is a slow. Burn. It's a very cerebral. Okay. Slow burn of a show. I would say, like, if you like Silence of the Lambs, this is probably like good for you. Oh yeah, but what? it's it's that speed. It's not like action. There's this parts of it where it's very, Tense. and I say this all the time. Like, I like for things to be like titillating in a grotesque way, and like some of the interviews are just kind of like, oh, I'm uncomfortable, but I like it. <laughs> it's like right. one of those things. Yeah. But like the end of it, the end of it's like. I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm just, but you know, yeah. I, I just was just, my heart jumped out of my chest. Dang, okay. I'm gonna yeah. keep watching. It's good. Yeah. It's worth the watch. I want to know where it's going though. Yeah, me too. And I, and I'm sure that they didn't. We were just talking about this with Stranger Things. They they probably didn't really write with with a second season in mind. It's just kind of like you just write, keep shit open ended. Mindhunter got renewed before it was released though. Really? Yeah. Oh well, shit! There goes my theory. That's um, that's interesting. That you don't hear that every day. Uh-uh. Uh, I don't well, know if Stranger Things was renewed, but I would imagine so. Yeah. Because they really, you know, if you're paying attention to our Instagram, then you know that I predicted that they would fight the Tesla Hydra. Right. And. Cool. I'm not going to spoil Stranger Things, but they didn't defeat a Tesla Hydra. But there is what appears to be a Tesla Hydra in Stranger Things. So yeah. I want to know. Tis what it appears to be. Who knows? But I just know, like, watching um, was like Beyond Stranger Things, like the behind the scenes. The Duffer Brothers are some big ass nerds, and I love everything about it. <laughs> really? I got. I didn't even know that existed behind yeah, Stranger it, Things. It comes on like right after you finish like the ninth episode. Oh, really? On Netflix? Yeah. yeah. Oh, if you if you didn't stop it, it just plays. Oh, I stopped yeah. it apparently. Yeah. And they do like interviews with the kids and. Dope. Mm-hmm. Oh, I need to see that. Anybody else? I watched Wind River too, Martin. Oh by yeah, the way. yeah. You said you liked it, right? Wind River was popping, bro. Like, yeah. Like so, like if you like Sicario, which sixty percent of us at this table do. Um, <laughs> no, no, no. It's, Shout out to uh, me and you, Jesse. Three, three out of five. Oh, 60%. they y'all don't like it? Yeah. No. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's oh, whack. whack. They're whack. Yeah, super whack. For it's that. it's like Sicario meets Winner's Bone. 
I never saw Winter's Bone. I like Winter's Bone. Okay, yeah, you, you should take a peek at Wind River then. It's just a very cold, no nonsense, mm. who done it, and I like who done it. Yeah, cool. I I know the Deuce just finished up. I haven't watched the last episode, but I think Deuce is really like growing on me, in a sense where it's like they're just portraying like these characters that you really don't get to see, or this this time period that you like haven't really thought of or seen, like like nineteen seventies New York and like Forty Second Street or whatnot, when it used to be all like prostitution and pornography and stuff like that. And it, I think it's a really interesting show, and I think there's like some really great performances on it. And I I love to see where they take it. Yeah, shout out to Black Thought. Oh, Black Thought, boy. <laughs> boy. Oh man, yeah. He's acting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know he acts. Black Thought, like a whole man. Yeah, uh, Chris Partlow from The Wire, the Wire and yeah. is Gary Carr. They're all like pimps on yeah. the show. Hmm. Yeah, and 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 uh, Black Thought. His name is uh, Reggie Love. Yeah. So anyway, James Franco playing two people. I just don't understand the the point behind this. Oh, I, he really has a twin. See, I only watched the first episode and I thought it was lying. Oh, no, no, they be in scenes together. Yeah, that's oh, okay. really it's really his See, twin brother. I gotta go back. He was like, "That's my twin," and I thought he was just trying to like get away from the, the uh, from the situation. Yeah. Right? No, no, no. It's his twin. His it's, other his other brother looks just like him too. Yeah, you can tell they're related. Yeah, yeah. So, they're going to be in that movie, uh, The Room. Yeah, oh, yeah. Disaster the Room. Artist. Disaster I can't wait for that movie. That's, that's James good. and Dave, and then they have another brother? Or no, no. On the series, so. you're saying? No, I'm saying like there's, yes, James, and then and there's Dave, Dave, Franco. Dave Franco. Yeah, the younger one, right? Yeah. yeah. He's just saying that Dave looks just like him. And I was saying, I was saying that they're both going to be in that movie, The Disaster Artist. Mm-hmm. Which looks fun. That looks yeah, that funny. Looks really good. We should try to find a copy of the original I think it's um, online. Yeah. I'm sure you can find it online. Lisa, you're tearing my heart <laughs> apart, or whatever yeah. the fuck he said. <laughs> so, all right, well, cool, man. Well, um, we are here to talk about the uh, master craftsman named Christopher Nolan, who to me has, if not the most spotless resume in film history, he's definitely on his way to having the most spotless resume in film. In my opinion, where would you guys, what would you guys say about that? Well, before I watched the last movie I hadn't seen, which was Insomnia, I would have agreed with you, but Damn. I can't. I can't give it. Uh, it's. I rewatched Insomnia today. It's not that good. Mm-mm. It's 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 not a horrible film by any means. It's not a. It's not that good. Yeah, I remember seeing it a long time ago, and like I, I just didn't put it together that that was a Christopher Nolan film. Like in if, comparison to if, you're like okay, mm-hmm. first of all, <laughs> Treasy's sitting here with his mouth agape. Yeah. If we're yeah. comparing it to his other work, in in terms yeah. of films overall, the movie doesn't suck. But in comparison to Nolan's other work, like Insomnia's, I mean, pretty low on the total. It's pole. probably the weakest link. Yeah, for sure, but. We also have the benefit of seeing what he's created afterwards. You know, I think when you look at it chronologically, it's still a progressive moment in his career. Um, I would disagree. Just felt like something I'd seen before. Because following and Memento were so much better. So you you progressed, and then you took a little detour, and then you progressed some more. I mean, Insomnia yeah. seems like a studio film to me. Yeah. Like whereas Memento and following it, it was kind of clear that he kind of had. Cause he's he's inventing like a whole new story structure for Memento, mm-hmm. so it seems like he has way more creative control in like how he tells the story. Right. Whereas Insomnia is basically kind of just like a kind of like a cop movie, a noir sort of thing, and um and also like a serial killer type movie. Right. I didn't know it was a remake. 
Oh, really? Yeah, it's a remake of a Swedish film that starred uh, the older Skarsgård. The, oh. the, but yeah. that makes sense. It's not Matt really Stalin, like a... But his son? Yeah. No, the old... The, the dad. Stellan Skarsgård. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's a remake of, of a Swedish film. Oh, well, that, that makes sense. It's not really his... He's just doing a remake. Thing. Mm-hmm. It's not really his story. He I didn't guess. write it. It's the only one on his, oh, of his whole... He didn't write he didn't write his yeah, brother. Or his didn't brother write. didn't yeah, write. It's so, a studio film. Yeah. Well, well, no, because he didn't write none of the Batman's neither. Yeah, but what didn't his I, brother write it though? I, or, I think his. Bro- I think I, think his I know David S. Gore did yeah, like Gordon. the story. The story, but I thought like somebody else actually wrote it. Oh, you IMDb in it real quick, um, Jesse. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I would say he would his say touch no, on the Batman films is way stronger than this movie. Well, his leverage is different. Mm-hmm. You know, going into Batman and going into Insomnia, there's two different leverage points. You know what I'm saying? But what about if you're going chronologically, I would think Memento would lead into Batman stronger than Insomnia. Like, Insomnia doesn't say, that guy's right for Batman. Well, Honestly, the, like, the, te- that the doesn't technology say that. between Batman Begins and Insomnia seems, like, way different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, too. Yeah. yeah, that, too. Yeah. That, what were you about to say, Jesse? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They say Christopher Nolan did the screenplay for Batman Begins. Oh, okay. So, yeah. uh, I stand corrected. So, then that explains the chink in the armor, then, mm-hmm. is that, well... Is is that racist chink no. in the armor? No, okay. I've never heard it before. When you said it, I thought it was. <laughs> yeah, this is no. like okay. No. Yeah, you're not talking about a person. You're, not you're talking, talking about, about a person. You're yeah. talking about an actual yeah. chink in the chain. But yeah. if somebody were to say, you know, the, the N word in the armor, I'd be like, <laughs> you know, even though that may be the saying, but I don't, so I don't, no, it's not the same thing. Yeah, okay, just making sure here. Don't, I don't mean to get too politically PC or <laughs> no given the way PC. Hollywood is these days. You gotta next, ask. Next week, you might not be here. You gotta ask. My whole <laughs> IG gets shut down based on that shit. But um, so I I, I guess that I guess that that explains the 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 chink in the armor though, mm-hmm. is that he didn't, nor did his brother. Yeah, write and the every film he's done has that look and feel to it. Yeah, this had a couple. Like the only thing that felt Nolan about Insomnia was the, the some of the editing when they would flash back to when Homie was. Cleaning his sleeve. Right. Well, other than that, it just—I I don't know. I just didn't like the movie. Damn. They, I appreciated the the name, the irony of the name of Al Pacino's character being Dormer, Dormer. but he couldn't sleep. Yeah, <laughs> right. Sleep in Spanish. But so my my argument for it, and and so here's where I say maybe this is the leverage points. If you can, if, can somebody look up what it did box office as comparison to what how much it cost in the in IMDb. With budget while I, while I kind of make this point, um, during so so Insomnia came out in what uh, two thousand two two thousand two okay so look at the terrain of crime thrillers that were happening during that time it was like Alex like along came a spider or... right it stuff feels like, that. like that so to me it to me it's not it doesn't have it's that but grittier. Like when I when yeah, I look at definitely. Bone Collector, I yeah, don't, it feels it, like that too. <laughs> it, right, but it feels grittier, right? It feels like you can feel Nolan's contribution to the genre. I think when 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 you think about Insomnia, and then we let's not discredit the fact that Robin Williams is a fucking like real life villain in this joint. I mean, not like a super, you no, know, he's creepy as shit. He's creepy as shit. And I don't think we'd seen him in that context up until this point. One hour photo came out around that the came same out, time. That came they out both, after. Well, it came out the same year. And I was way more impressed with One Hour Photo than I was with this. Well, yeah. I mean, there's a lot more of an isolated element, you yeah. know, with his character. Uh, and then, you know, 
I mean, you got Al Pacino acting around you, and that's going to take, you know. I mean, I think, you no, know. No, he's a beast in this movie. Like, I'm not taking anything away from Robin Williams. Yeah. I, I, think, I was just saying, like, in a, he was, he, in terms of, like, saying, you know, him being creepy and had he done that before, those two movies, I'd say, like, are being around the same time. That was just his creepy-ass time to be right. in movies, I guess. Yeah, yeah, I agree. But, um. Yeah, so, so to me, he was doing something a little different with the genre. Like, the genre looked a certain way before Insomnia. And then he just added the grit to it that we weren't getting from, you know, movies like The Firm or movies like, you know, the movies that came out in the mid-90s to the early 2000s that were these crime dramas. We weren't getting that look and feel, in my opinion, from movies until he did it, until, from those studio films. What about movies like Seven, though? Holy shit! There and there, my entire theory flushes right down the toilet as soon as you open your fucking David Fincher mouth. Because <laughs> you're absolutely right. So I, I gotta, I gotta take back that entire argument. I'm sorry, David Fincher. Damn. So when you put it in context like that, maybe you're right, man. Film wasn't all that. I loved it. Uh, the story, like there were parts of it, I was just like, what are we doing here? Like, why, why is this so complicated? This, I think, I feel like the two of them made it more complicated than it needed to be. Like if I were, if I were Al Pacino, I would use my smart policing skills to be like, "Cool, you saw me do what I did. I'm just gonna go ahead and be the cop and win." Like mm. it just it felt like Pacino gave in too easily mm. to the leverage. I, I didn't feel the leverage was that strong. Yeah, I feel like he was stupid as a cop too. Yeah, like, he I was like, talk entirely too much. Yeah, because when when homie pulled out the tape recorder, I was like, he one of them is probably recording this. Before the scene was over, I was like, someone's recording this. You guys are talking way too fucking much. And then lo and behold, oh, I got, oh, I got my recorder. All right. And obviously, it was one of those old school <laughs> answering machine <laughs> shit. But, right, right. right. <laughs> and then at the end, they they take the tape. You know, it just it wasn't that good of a movie. Hillary Swank okay. is predictably like plucky smart girl too. Like, yeah, yeah small, seemed, ta- small town smart cop. Yeah, yeah, and then when she was sleeping on her couch, she was like, hey, "They couldn't have come from there." Like, what are you talking about? Like, <laughs> she daydreamed about the the shooting angle. Like, I don't know, man. Damn. <laughs> cut me, cut me a break. Cut you a break. <laughs> okay, well then that that can bleed into our first point, which is uh, signature themes when it comes to a Nolan film, right? Mm-hmm. Um, his use of time. Yeah. I, I feel like e- even though insomnia is probably the poorest use of like the editing and stuff like that, he still used time, right? With the whole Alaska daylight sort of thing. Um, um, what do we like about Nolan's use of time? Or is this, is this considered a signature theme for him? I think so. Cause it's in most of his movies um, from an editing perspective, just displaying time at, displaying things at different times throughout the character's journey. I mean, he does it in almost every single film. Mm. So I like it because it's, I think on paper, I'm like, you selling that to someone had to be a tough thing. Mm -hmm. And then he did it. And it's like, wow, you, you, sometimes you don't even notice it. It's so seamless. Right. So that's what I like about it. Starting off the movie at a point in the future always makes me like very anxious to get back there. Mm-hmm. Like wanting to know, like, okay, how did we get there? Like, mm-hmm. when are we gonna? Oh, we're back there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, that that's the thing that that draws me in, because I know something's gonna happen. Not necessarily what's gonna happen, because he's he'll confuse the shit out of you before he tells you what's going on. Right. But um, 
just always anticipating like, okay, when are we going to know what this means? Mm-hmm. And I like, I've never been too confused by a lot of his movies, which I think is impressive given how much time jumping around he does. So it shows me that he's, he's very meticulous. Right. I think, I think he does a lot of prep and to make sure that this is going to work. It's going to work properly. confusing to me. It's a lot to keep up with backwards. See, yeah. Memento wasn't bad. I think the one that got me was Prestige. I had to watch that a few times. You I did. love it. To me, that's yeah, the best yeah. example. Yeah, because it's, it's I don't know. I think that's the best example of time right. for him because it it goes through a lot. Right. And I still kept up with it. Mm-hmm. I agree. I agree. But yeah, that was for me. That was Memento was easy, but yeah, Prestige because there was just so much to consider. The twins. The it was just so oh, much to consider. Obvious. I'm like, do you not know that that's Christian Bale made to look with old? a mustache? Right. <laughs> like, it's really obvious, but you chose to like put it away. You're like, okay, I'm I just so gonna. Didn't. I was just like, oh, there, that's Christian Bale again. There's a reason why it's Christian Bale again. Oh, it wasn't that obvious to me. I'm sorry. You I didn't notice that it was Christian Bale. I mean, not until the reveal. Really? Yeah. I didn't notice I was Christian Bale. I mean, I wasn't wow. like a hundred percent sure the first time I saw it, but I was like, that guy really looks like Christian Bale with a mustache. Right. <laughs> like, and gray hair, right. Yeah, like mm. I mean I wasn't shocked when you when they revealed it. Right. So mm. and it's fun to watch the second time. Mm. It, there's, you, yeah. There's a lot of little especially in Bale's scenes, obviously. Yeah. There's a lot of little tidbits. Mm-hmm. And it for me it fuels like to me the what I like about the prestige is that who's the bad guy? Mm-hmm. And and a lot of people always jump to say that it's um, uh, the other one. What's his face? Oh, Jack- Hugh Jackman. Hugh Jackman, because he's he has the most tone. Great dance. Mm-hmm. He has the most clear like I'm doing villainous like things. But right. like they both were pretty shitty at what they they both did shitty things to each other. I don't I don't I don't I don't get that. I don't get how they were both. Too... I don't I don't get how people would jump to Hugh Jackman's the bad guy. I oh. I immediately empathize with him first. Yeah, because obviously oh, his wife. Yeah, yeah. He has, yeah. like does the dead bodies in his like basement. Yeah, well, he's I, the most ruthless. I'd yeah. say they were both obsessed, and mm-hmm. I think that's what the theme. Of the movie, they were both completely obsessed, completely. with yeah. their things. I mean, like Christian Bale killed his wife because he was obsessed with magic. Yeah, so. and I, I like that theme. I like when you're always playing around with how far you're willing to go to be the best at something. Right. And I think that film really did that. But, well, so hold on, but it. His wife, he didn't kill her on purpose, though. He didn't, but he was warned not to do what he did. They, he oh, said he yeah, wanted yeah, to change yeah. the knot, right? Yeah, and, yeah. He and said, they told him not to. They're like, it's not safe, don't do it. Right, right. He did right. it anyway, yeah, and he she did drowned. It. And because he was so obsessed, too, he he never, in a way, he never took ownership of it. Well, you no. know, And I think that irritated, that's what fueled Hugh Jackman so So bad. to me, that was, see, that's why I had to watch it multiple times, because what, like... Was he really not? You got to understand. One of the twins did it, yeah. Right. The other one didn't. Right. So it's like, you understand what I'm saying? Like, did he really not know? Like, it's because that's not the twin that did it. Exactly. He didn't know because he didn't do it. Because he didn't do it. So I didn't. So that's the one thing. One of the twins is like, a son of a bitch. Like, right. One of them was a fuck boy, and the other one was, <laughs> was like, like a decent. Was dude. a decent guy. Yeah. And that's yeah. the thing. Is like this is all part of the act. Is I can't, I can't reveal the fact that we're not the same person because. You, but, but one of me, know. half of me really is not an asshole, but I just can't tell you that. You understand what yeah, I'm saying? But that's what I'm saying. It's like your obsession to your art, I mean, it, it's just, it's ruining lives. And you, you don't, you won't admit it. 
and you won't give Jackman the closure that he needed because you're so obsessed. And even if you fast forward later, your obsession led to your your kind of sort of wife killing herself. She couldn't take it anymore. Yeah. Like but... you you're so obsessed that all these pe- death is just around you because of it. Yeah, but I mean, but he, but the thing is is that you bring joy to so many people's lives. <laughs> I but, but, I, but I think that that's Tears the, of a clown. that's mm-hmm. a, yeah, that's like the real mm-hmm. I think duality that people that some people that are like talented in that way deal with yeah. is that like everything a lot of things in your life have to suffer in order for this art to work. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And that's, you know, casualties of war, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It, it, it's and it's fucked up no matter how you look at it, but this is that's the the you know that's the wolf capitalism you know what I mean mm-hmm. like it, I don't know in my opinion and that's what makes it but you're absolutely right it's hard to you can't really pin the tail on any one of those donkeys because it's like who's who do you sympathize with more exactly um but you, but but to what you were saying Lizzie, is that like you obviously sympathize with Hugh Jackman's character yeah. great dance because I feel like I feel like the first defense like is the catalyst for well it's the inciting event for the rest of the downward spiral on both of their parts. Right. Like, um, even though like Christian Bale's to me is like way more clever because they kept that forever. That was great. And he fucked with him. He sent him to Colorado on a complete wild goose chase yeah. simply to fuck with him. Yeah. It had no, he just got lucky and ha- Tesla happened to be able to invent a machine that he wanted. Right. But for the most part, he sent him there just for sh- just sheer fuck with him. Right. Yeah, that was pretty crazy. Yeah, I don't, I don't know, but that's but that's the art and the magic to mm-hmm. me, you know. I, that happens a lot with his films too. Like even mm-hmm. you know, there's even a portion of that with like Interstellar. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, damn, was the dad an asshole for leaving? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? But but if it if it means you know you know finding a different dimension of life, and if it means something so big, was it a bad sacrifice? Like ah, it's just crazy. That's that's pretty, you know. That's pretty heavy mm-hmm. when you really look at it in in, in that way. Um, what other what what is what what film is the best use of time? You said Prestige, Corey. I, I like the Prestige because it's 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 the one where you did it the most mm-hmm. and it, it held together. Okay. But it's clearly a theme. It's clearly part of the film. Okay. So I like the Prestige the best. I liked how it was done at Interstellar. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 When the whole scene when he's kind of going back in the void thing or whatever like that and he kind of his daughter sees the book and stuff and starts making yeah yeah i thought that was really interesting i I didn't i didn't care for but i i cared for it but i meant like that was it had a grounded reason why he was doing it though whereas all the other films it's a stylistic choice Mm -hmm. you know so I, i i never use interstellar because it's it has a reason why he went back. The character went back in time. Well, I don't. <laughs> well, well, I don't think Inception is a stylistic choice. I think. Mm-hmm. I think it moves the story along. It moves in the, the story yeah, yeah. along. Yeah, in, mm-hmm. in, in, in the in the same way when you start talking about the contours of dreams mm-hmm. and things like that, you know. Um, I mean, well, there's like two different time things going on in Inception. Well, and dreams I, I meant too in the, editing, not necessarily in like in Inception. Gotcha. There, there's where time is slowed down, but I didn't, I didn't, I don't use that as an example. But it's still part of his right. his yeah, thing. Motif. He, he showed you the end at the beginning. Yeah. Yeah, and, and that, that too. One. Yeah, yeah. He yeah. did the same thing, and I mean, Interstellar is my favorite of his. Um, and there's so much to like, but I appreciate I appreciated his the practical use of time in the way that he did it there, um, from a perspective of physics and relativity. 
and how just fucking nerdy that was. And mm-hmm. my nerd, my nerd sensors were like just overloading watching right. that shit. But, right, right. but I, and I had a, I don't know, like um, the part where Coop gets back in the space shuttle and he's um, looking at videos sent from his daughter and his son. And he's just crying because yeah. he just missed so much of their life. Right. Right. That's that was a yeah. That, that was hard to watch. That, that was that was good. That was really, that was done very well. I think uh, Interstellar should be a master class on how to like get an A list actor and not reveal that they're actually in the film because that oh, whole Matt, Matt Damon, Damon surprise was really, great. I appreciate that because I've talked to you about this a lot. Like I miss surprises mm-hmm. in Hollywood films now. Like yeah. you didn't. You, they were going to sell just as many tickets whether his name was on the poster or not. Right. And it's like, I wish more people would do that. Right. It's fun to see A-list actors show up. It's fun. Yeah. It's part of, and I think he's a big proponent, uh, not proponent, is that the right proponent? Yeah, I think so. Of keeping cinema, cinema, right. watching, and like, that goes into the experience, yeah. which I really like. I like. And it makes me, because there's so many movies that like, they reveal crap in the trailers. Mm-hmm. There, It's like, just keep it hidden. Mm-hmm. I would have enjoyed it way more. Like when he showed up, our whole theater was just like, "Oh shit!" And it's dope yeah. because you know there's this special reason, mm-hmm. and it's part of the experience, right? And, and it's I, Matt Damon. Yeah, you know, it's not just nobody. But right. I knew something significant was going to happen exactly because he showed up. Yeah, I, I just I wish more directors would do that. Right, and, and it's, forget about selling tickets. Forget about that crap. Just. Do it. Well, you know? but well, that kind of goes into his brand, though. I think he's mm-hmm. big enough. He's one of those directors that's big enough to do it, mm-hmm. right? You know, some people, you get certain directors, they got to hinge on the names of the actors mm-hmm. in order to sell tickets. But, I mean, I think Christopher Nolan has, he's done so great in the box office and he's done so much for cinema that people will, people like us will legitimately show up just for him. Yeah. You know, so it, it gives him the space to do that. Which is why I went to see Dunkirk. Pretty much. Oh, okay. I was like, I just want to go see the next Christopher Nolan movie. Right, right, right. I think that's why most people saw it done. Right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think anybody really went to go <laughs> see it. Was like, yeah. Yeah. Well, um, what was your favorite use of time, uh, Martin? Um, I guess probably Memento. Just because like films like Pulp Fiction and Memento are like taught in film school, like from now from since they were made until like forever, just because they completely changed the genre and like let filmmakers see oh I could change around story structure I could change around time mm-hmm. and it, it completely like changed like how movies are made mm-hmm. yeah. yeah I I agree man I, Memento is probably my favorite use of it too um, just because it was actually part of the character's makeup like the way yeah. the, the our time our increments in time were to experience it had a utility you know to experience time the way that the main character experienced time yeah exactly and then it worked you know, in so many, you know, it just worked on so many dimensions to the whole, to the climax of the film, you know. Um, so that's my favorite use of time. It, my favorite, but I think the most, I mean, that would go into the clever category, but a very close second to me is Inception, you know, with the cleverness of using it for dreams, you know, because that's all something we've we've thought about, right? Like you get into these dreams and you're like, that felt like fucking forever. Mm-hmm. You know, sleep for twenty minutes. You know, what I mean, you went through a whole plot. You know, so I thought that that was the next best clever way that he did it. Um, but which brings me to the whole thing with you know, like you mentioned, Pulp Fiction. I always wonder because I never go back and read these scripts. And this is probably a better question for either Jesse or Martin. Do you think that the movies are written that way, or does that become something that happens in the editing process? 
Like, was Pulp Fiction written out of order like that? I don't know. I th- I think it probably was. I think before they even wrote a script, they probably, like, structured the film, like, this is how it's going to go. This is this scene type of thing, like a treatment. And they probably wrote it that way, too. Mm. Yeah, I think it was written that way. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like when, when you have a writer-director person, I feel like that's something they're trying to do as far as push the bar with the script. So let me switch up the structure a little bit. I feel like that's kind of the mode of thinking probably for The end of Pulp Fiction is actually when um, Bruce Willis rides away on the motorcycle. That's the actual end of the story, right? right? Um, I thought it was the, the dinner scene, right? Yeah, it's the diner scene. Oh, you mean like oh. you mean like chronologically the actual? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah chronologically yeah, yeah. Oh, it's yeah, when yeah, he, when yeah he because he kills off. yeah John Travolta. Right, yeah, because yeah, when yeah. they leave Jimmy's house is when he's talk he's talking to him. Yeah, yep, yep. He's like, that's probably right. fucking with you. That's the scene. Yeah. Yeah, you're absolutely so the, right. The first half of the movie is is um is Jules and Vincent, and the second half is um Bruce Willis's mm-hmm, character. Mm-hmm. Yep. Good point. Which, which I like the storytelling and the way that he did it because I don't know that I would have enjoyed a movie that was about these two characters and then came started being about this guy. Yeah, it would have been weird. Um, yeah, I fall in I, love I, with I can, these guys and now like I'm supposed to care about this dude. Right, but but also I mean I I can see a clever way for. I can see that being. I can see the way that they did it as being the best way to do it. But I can also see an argument for how it, that could still work because there is plenty of transition points. I mean, Marcellus Wallace is a transition point. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, there, there's so many transition points. I say so many, and then only name Marcellus Wallace. But but you kind of get what I'm saying. Like there's there's places that connected them that were very important. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Um, so I I could see it either way. I think if it was chronological, it probably still would have been a great. Because to me, the dialogue made that film. Yeah. You know, um, um, but we may just not have gotten such great dialogue so early on if it wasn't for the way that the structure mm. was um, was 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 laid out. But yeah, um, that that's just always something I wondered: is it written that way, or is it just edited that way? Um, and then we giving credit to the wrong person should it be the editors or the writers. But clearly, in something like Memento, it had to be written that way. I would think, but in, in Inception, not necessarily. Because there's a lot of flashback scenes, okay, um, that we don't necessarily know were intended to be put in the way that they were. They may have been more integrated into the story and his experience. Mm-hmm. We don't know when he's exactly experiencing that either, based on where they show up. Mm. So you're saying that that that's probably more of an editing thing? Yeah, I can I can Possibly. see your, yeah I can see your argument for that. I can see your argument for that. Okay. Um, so his use of time, we, we is will we consider that a style point or a, a, a style marker for Christopher Nolan? His of use of time. Yeah, I mean it's in pretty much every film, but it, well, Insomnia does it a little bit, but it's not. Yeah. And Insomnia, it's borderline just a f- flashback. Yeah, like a traditional flashback. And then the the Batman's, do they do it? Mm-hmm. Except for uh, one of them doesn't do it. The second one. Doesn't Dark Knight? Do, yeah, I don't think the Dark Knight goes back in time in any way, shape, or form. Yeah, I could be wrong, but what about Dunkirk? Dunkirk yeah. does. Dunkirk yeah. is is uh, completely. Has ever have you seen it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Dunkirk is three stories. Uh, one takes place uh a week. Another yeah. one takes place in a day. Another one takes place in two hours. Mm-hmm. And it's about basically the movie is how all of those come together. Mm-hmm. So it's actually done very well. Dunkirk is that's World War Two, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah. I didn't see Dunk. That's the only one in this film yeah, I haven't seen. Yeah, I haven't seen it either. I was not at all interested. 
Does that one have Asa Butterfield in it, or am I just imagining that? Nah, he's not in it. Oh, okay. The kid just looks like him, I guess. I know Harry Styles is in it. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think Asa Butterfield's in it. So out of curiosity, who did it better, Inglorious Bastards or Dunkirk? Those are two completely different They're films. two completely different Those are yeah. two completely Just the way you were describing it is like kind of got Inglorious Bastardy sort of vibes. Mm-hmm. It, it's, it's Nolan does World War II. Okay. That's 100% what it is. It's about these three different stories. And, and it doesn't ruin anything, but the climax of the film is when they come together. Oh, when the okay. three stories cross. Right. And what happens is, so the movie builds, 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 they cross, and then they go their separate ways. Oh. So um, it's just Nolan does World War II. Okay. It, it's it's done very well. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. So you would rank Dunkirk still higher than Insomnia? Hell yeah. Okay. All right. Just checking. Just checking the temperature there. Insomnia is <laughs> at the bottom. Because I, cause I had a- Bottom. I, I had a, before Dunkirk came out, I was like, man, I feel like this is going to be the one that is, mm. is like the undeniable, like- Chinking his, yeah. I just like his career is going too good. This is something he has to flop somewhere. It doesn't have what a lot of World War II movies have, where it's like this kind of emotional thing. It's it's kind of a slice of life of what happened in World War II, oh. but it's still a good film. Okay, yeah, I like how it stays with the um, with the characters. Like even mm-hmm. like even the Germans in the film, like you don't see any Germans nope. at all. It's mm-hmm. literally just about these characters and what they're going through. Mm. Was that a spoiler alert right there? No, uh-huh. it's something you'll notice when you're yeah. done with it. You'll be like, "Oh, there's you're no." Like, yeah, no, none of them you don't see up. them. You yeah. see the bullets, you hear the bullets, you see the planes, but you don't ever see uh, a character that's German. Interesting. That's very interesting, actually. And you know, do you know what it's about? Kind of, sort of. Uh, no, no, no. Do you even know what Dunkirk is? No, the I reference? do not. Oh, okay. I'm like history. I got all F's. Every okay. everything. Well, yeah, we didn't. Nobody learned it in American history. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, like, cool. The short answer is know. when. This is in 1940 when the war got started. Mm-hmm. Basically, Germany invaded Poland and France, and they pushed all of the French and the uh, British soldiers to this ocean. Mm-hmm. And when they pushed them to the ocean, they finally were like, fuck this shit. Like, we got to go. Right. And they they abandoned at the beach of Dunkirk. Oh. They um, Well, they were holding up at the beach, and then um, they got rescued. Okay. Some, of them, some of them were able to get off the beach, then others were rescued. It's about that. Okay. Yeah, it's about that. Gotcha. Okay. And then that's when the war like really went to shit. It's because basically Germany had taken over Europe at that point, mainland Europe. Hmm. So, short answer. That yeah. was a very short answer. Mm-hmm. Okay, good. Um, all right, so the next signature theme for Christopher Nolan that we have on this handy-dandy outline, shout out to Elise uh, and Corey, um, quality of work. Well, you know how I feel. How do you feel? That insomnia sucks. No, but he's yeah. consistent. Yeah, he's consistent. Yeah. I'll in, give you in, that. His, in his ability to make a good film, he's consistent. Yeah. In terms of Insomnia doesn't suck, but I it's know. just I'm, not I'm, as good as it's what we've yeah. seen. It's from a bad Jay Z album. I knew this was coming. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah. it's the best reference. We for need anybody to start who making to this a thing. Like, at what point does Treasy reference Jay Z? In it's, the either, it's either that or Godfather Three. It's yeah. those Godfather, two. Reps. Yeah, yeah. It's, those it's become Godfather. a thing. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's. I mean, I think those are the barometers. Godfather and fucking Jay Z. Yeah, well, much. before this podcast, I had seen every film but Insomnia, and okay. they were all progressively great and consistent. So, okay, he is a consistent director. I'll give you that. Is there anybody that is more consistent than him in terms of like their delivery? And do not fucking bring up Kubrick. <laughs> what about Quentin? Yeah, I think Tarantino doesn't have a bad film. 
that I could think of. But I don't think he has okay. as many. As, yeah, it as takes his time. Right? Well, no, I think they're both no, batting the about the same. Here. I think once you pass five films, you could be compared to any other director. To me, that's the that's the like five. That's, that's the threshold. Five, five like original films. It's like a rapper. It's like five albums. Okay, I could consider you in as far as like being a goat. And gotcha. after five albums, after five albums. Yeah. At one point, I pegged Edward Zwick. He was up there for me. He was, and then give us some context. He got some. I'm, Edward Zwick got some I mean, duds, man. The Siege. We're talking about Courage Under Fire. Uh, what's the first one with Denzel? The where he was crying. Uh, Glory. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't Denzel's first, but you know what I it mean. Definitely that was wasn't. that was the one that uh yeah. people that's the one. Yeah, one. that's the one. Um uh um The Last Samurai, even though, you know, I get it, but still it was a good film. Um did I say the siege? I mean he had Of all the ones you just named, the only one that made me that I watched with glory. So Oh you never seen Cour- Courage on the Fire is really good. Mm-hmm. I, I really it. I, I just... really appreciate it. After Blood Diamond it went downhill. What De- was after Blood Diamond? Oh, Defiance, Blood which Defiance isn't terrible, but it's not as good. Yeah, it wasn't super And then strong. Love and Other Drugs. That was good. I, I love never that saw movie. It. I never saw yeah, it. I love, love that movie. Love and Other Drugs is great. And we have Jack Reacher, Never Go Back, which sucks. Oh, I never saw that. Sucked. Yeah, I never saw Jack Trash. Reacher. Trash. But, but now, at, dog one, shit. at one point for me, Edward Zwick was kind of in that category. Yeah. I mean, I, 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 I haven't seen... That would be the only one for me. Is I would... The, well, I would say Fincher and the Coen Brothers are in that category too. But mm-hmm. if I if I hold something against the Coen Brothers, it's the fact that they don't really do big Hollywood movies mm-hmm. or like big studio films. So they're not working within the same. Like they can't go back and forth. They're always doing their own thing. Mm-hmm. Whereas like it's easier to make a great movie when you're kind of just collaborating with like a smaller group of people. Right. Rather than like a big studio giving you notes and telling you what to do, yeah, well, having I, to navigate that system. I think the times that they ventured into that studio space, it got pretty bad. Like Intolerable Cruelty was not good. Uh, yeah. Um, and then I think Lady Killers was, was yeah, that Lady studio Killers that wasn't like, good either. That never happened. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> What's impressive is Nolan's been able to do kind of bounce back and forth between seemingly heavy studio films with his still have his touch to it mm-hmm. and not do studio films. So I can agree there. Yeah. I'm just impressed that he was he was able to do what he did with Batman, and mm-hmm. I just feel like that was a tough sell. Yeah, I don't know how, what what he's doing in Hollywood to get the things done that he wants to get done. Well, see, okay, so that's the that's why I was getting you to look up the budget thing about insomnia. It was Forty six million budget, and it it did like one hundred and twenty three worldwide. Okay. So that's that's great, right? I think that's a great flip. I think I can see the conversation happening at that point after this film. He's like, listen. And when I say the leverage going into Batman, I can see yeah. the conversation being, okay, I've done this before with Insomnia, mm-hmm. where I let you guys have a lot of control, and I lost a lot about me that made me me. So if you guys want me on this Batman film, I can't do Insomnia again. Like, this has to be what I want to do. But it's, just, it's Batman. It's an, it, that's a huge franchise. Well, at, huge. at the time, it wasn't the dumpsters. Off, like, it wasn't was it? Batman, Schumacher. Batman and Robin, yeah. Batman Forever. But it was so still... It was still a billion dollar franchise, in a sense. The, the, yeah, the but, franchise needed him. Uh, yeah, that franchise needed him. Yeah, so I, maybe he got lucky. And you know, like what, Nolan what you was said like about one of the luckiest people, you know, grounding it in realism in a way that made it just a totally different experience than what you'd seen before. I yeah. guess an executive at DC probably was like, Casino Royale was a smash hit. We need that, right? And or wait a minute, which came first? Do you remember? 
Oh, Casino Casino Royale. No, I think Casino Royale came out after. Okay. Batman was like, oh, no, I can't. I can't. Yeah, if you can do the rules real quick, because I can't. Yeah, because um, Batman Begins was 2005, which is, and it holds up pretty oh, well. Oh, Casino Royale was like Casino oh, Royale was 2006. Yeah. So, I mean, whatever put, the, I think that was a, a marriage just meant to happen. Right. Somebody at DC was like, we've got to do the gritty, realistic reboot. We need the director that can do that. So we're going to take a chance. With see, Nolan. here's the thing. I can't they see. They went right back to bullshit. No, here's the thing. <laughs> That's the thing. I don't see them coming saying we need a re- we need a, a gritty reboot. Mm-hmm. I come back to them. I, I, I hear them saying we want a reboot. Yeah. And he's like, well, if I'm going to do a reboot, I'm doing it the way that I want to do it. Yeah. Because I have a track record of me doing things the way you want me to do things. With it. Mm-hmm. If people can't see, I have Insomnia DVD randomly just in front of me. And I'm sliding it across the table. So him saying, I'm not doing insomnia. I'm yeah. not doing Batman the way that I had to do insomnia. I'm doing Batman the way that I wanted, the way I did Memento, yeah. the way I did the following. That's the way I want to do Batman. It's just, I guess, all the right things lined up for him. Yeah. Because, I mean, I just could imagine that being challenging. But yeah. if all the stars align, then, well, good luck. Yeah, I think that's definitely one of those, like, yeah, one of those, like you said, one of those moments where it's like, Hollywood needed you, this or DC needed you, whatever. And you know you were at that point of like, I can either go left or go right, and I'm making yeah. my own decision here. Yeah. Um, and it, and luck and hard work and style work together. So, um, all right. So it's quality of work. That's a. Can we really say that's a mark of Nolan though? That is, that's, that's He's like, consistent. But okay. it's consistency. And then, I mean, just retracting back, I went to see a movie because his name was on it. Yeah. That's that's pretty hardcore. Mm-hmm. That's pretty hardcore. I went, I watched Westworld because his brother's name was on it. Yeah. Was like, like, it must run in the family. Man, like Honestly, but but I'm going to keep it 100, man. Like, I, I In terms of writing, I think his brother is like, when I when I think about his contribution to Christopher Nolan's dis, or filmography, Man, Jonathan Nolan has to be them, them conversations at the dinner table, man. Be deep. Have to be crazy at Thanksgiving and Christmas, man, because it's like, well, they're British, so I don't know how that goes with Thanksgiving, but <laughs> yeah. but um just Christmas. Yeah, just Christmas. But um, you know, the late like you know, I always thought about that like between like the Ridley family, you know, it's like who's the, who's the favorite? The Eli, you know, the Manning family, I mean, like who's the favorite oh, at the table? Payton. Yeah, right, right. But like so at the Nolan family table, who's the who's the the one that mom gives the extra big slice of cake to? Is it Chris or Jonathan? You what know, Jonathan's the younger one, right? I don't know what their parents do, to be honest. Probably school teachers. That's how it usually happens. Mm-hmm. Mom's a school teacher, she dad worked at pharmaceuticals. Yeah, that type of <laughs> shit. Um would you say though, Mark? That's probably the youngest one, Jonathan. I think Jonathan's the youngest one. Yeah, he's the youngest. Yeah. Man, shout out to Westworld. Yeah, Westworld is I great. Love Westworld. Westworld was great. Westworld I miss Westworld. Great. I need that back. Yeah. When is it coming back? It was going to go a two-year hiatus, right? Yeah. Wasn't yeah. it? Or well, it's supposed to be. Well, well, 2018, right, is when it's coming back? I guess so. Yeah. yeah. So I'm going to have to rewatch it. That's how. That's a long hiatus. Yeah. Well, that's such a big scale. I mean, yeah. you know, like, you, you're shooting a show like that. That's legit like shooting a movie every Two, it's probably you probably got to shoot that episode like one episode every three weeks or something like that, you know. But the amount of detail and production design that goes into it, um, so 
Anyway, though, this ain't Jonathan Nolan's episode either. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. So he is one, just like, you know, many Hollywood actors or people that, you know, started off a really strong independent careers, man. He reuses a lot of actors. Um, I know Killian Murphy makes a few appearances in, in uh, he was in Dunkirk, right? Yeah, yeah. he was. Mm-hmm. Tom Hardy, too. You said Tom Hardy was, too? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. I, yeah, I think I remember you saying that Tom Hardy was in mm-hmm. What, what's happening with Tom Hardy, man? Can we just talk about that for a second? What do you mean? What? He's doing good stuff. Well, he is, man. But Revenant, I couldn't understand nothing he was saying. Like, he he kind of hit a patch where he's not really a draw like he was for me. For you. Oh. I don't know. I mean, Mad Max was great. Revenant was great. I never cared. For? I, I just, I don't dislike Tom Hardy. I just, oh. he wasn't, a, he was never, I didn't care. I just don't care. Uh, I like Tom Hardy. Tom Hardy's great. Yeah, I like yeah. Tom Hardy. I'm not he's showing dope. up for him. That's what I'm saying. Interesting. Oh. He's on the list. I show up for his movies. Yeah. See, yeah. that's what I'm saying. Like, it was like that, but now it's not that strong for me anymore. Interesting. Yeah. Like, what did that, though? I was like, it Revenant? War- Revenant was kind of the ter- Well, okay, so he did Warrior, then he did that movie with uh, Chris Evans. And, oh, and, yeah, uh, what's yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. That was yeah, before yeah. we were on the Tom Hardy. No, like, I was on the Tom Hardy really? train before then. No. That was the one that made me like, all right, man. You're- I came out. Did you watch Taboo? The show, no. Taboo was good. I no. like Taboo. I got to see that, but it's kind of forgettable, but it's cool. I watch Peaky Blinders though. It, is he in Peaky Blinders? Yeah, mm-hmm. season yeah, two. Killian did, Murphy are both yeah. in that one. Right? Yep. Did not. Oh, he is eight episodes. Didn't know that. Yeah, he did a random movie called Child Forty Four, and then Legend. Anybody see Legend? If you if you want to talk about him being his most British, right? Is Legend? Is Legend? See, it. I didn't see it. He plays the twins, mm-hmm. the the Cray, Cray twins, brothers. and you you can't understand a damn word he's saying. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. There's like he kind of hit this point where he's not really a draw no more. When when he was Bane in the uh, Dark Knight Rises, was that his voice that they were using, or was that sounded like his? Yeah, voice. I think so. Okay. Yeah. I saw him in like Wuthering Heights or something, and he mm-hmm. was talking like that, and I was okay. like, yeah, my brother really talks like yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> like, but his story is dope. Him being like an ex drug addict and all that stuff. Like he has a great story. I'm actually interested to see Venom when it comes out because you know he's going to be Venom. His yeah. his real voice is if you, you ever see Locke, yes. it's only him, and that's that was jarring for me because I never heard him speak in his true British voice. Right, and Locke he speaks with his British voice. Yeah, and it was very it was a good movie. It was, it cool. was good. It was one of those um, one location films. But that, Legend, you know. watch Legend. It's tough. You need yeah. subtitles because they speak in that like old school kind of British slang, right. like. Is gangster slang shit? Yeah, it's very, like layer, like layer cake. Like, are they talking like that? A little or? bit like that. Or oh, like, you really match. gotta pay attention. Yeah, heavy. And then one of them has like the way he speaks. It's the style of speaking that's mm. challenging too. So he's, yeah, it's tough. He's so American. Mm. <laughs> I mean, hey, it is what it is. Yeah. yeah. Uh, there's a word for that. I was trying to think of like the like how we call it like slang or like dialect. There's a dialect. Name for that, mm-hmm. I think, but I think what you're referring to is like Cockney, yeah, Cockney, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think yeah. that's what it's called, yeah, yeah, could yeah. be wrong, but either way, it's um, some form of speech. Gotcha, it's challenging. Um, so for yeah. me, it is challenging for me. I'm sorry, uh, I get it. Um, so we got Killian Murphy, Tom Hardy, Christian Bale. Christ- now, Christian Bale, I'm showing up for yeah. every time, yeah, never um, skipping it. Ever, I love him. Hey, boo, you stupid, <laughs> interesting. And I think his uh, his biggest actor reuse is uh, Michael Caine. Yeah. yeah. He seems to be in damn near every... Is he in Dunkirk? After- Mm-mm. He wasn't in Dunkirk. So no. it's like... 
between and was he an insomnia? No, he wasn't an insomnia. Mm-mm. So Mm-mm. from Batman until what he do before Dunkirk? Uh, in Interstellar. Interstellar. So from Batman to Interstellar, pretty much every movie. Do not go quiet. No. Into that Pre- good night. <laughs> oh, you're saying Batman? Yeah, because the Prestige was in between Batman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. So from the first Batman until Interstellar, I think Michael Caine was in every one of his films. Yep. Right. Mm-hmm. That's pretty crazy. That's pretty dope. But I mean, I obviously you see the the trend here. They're all you know. Um, you know, British actors. So that makes a lot of sense. You know, he's a Murphy British or is he Irish? Well, UK, same difference. Yeah. Um, To some degree. I mean, it's all the same, you know, one passport. Irish. Yeah, he's Irish, but that's all UK shit. Um, <laughs> what? No, I just I, I, kill, I don't know that I've ever heard him speak in his Irish accent, but Killian is a very fucking it's Irish funny name. Yeah. Bale is what Welsh? Bale's I, not. I don't know semantics when it comes to like geography and history, bro. You can write me off. Um, <laughs> yeah, Christian Bale. I mean, he's not American either. So no, he's, um, he's British. Yeah, yeah they're all no. UK Brexit. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> Brexit, 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 Brexit UK ish, whatever they are, adjacent. Yep, he's from uh, yeah UK, British. Yeah. So yeah, obviously Christopher Nolan likes to hire his his people. Yeah, he exactly how it should be, right? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> what? That's going in the right direction. That's I see real. What you did there. But it's real. <laughs> um. All right. So let's talk about the Dark Knight series. I mean, we we kind of already did with it being grounded in realism. Um, um, is it, will we consider that the father of the dark, serious reboots? Yeah. I think I, so. I would, and I feel like that's what they try to do with Man of Steel. Uh-huh. They were trying to make it darker, and that's probably why they got, um, I think Christopher Nolan wrote the script for that one, right? Uh, executive producer, maybe. He, he produced it. Yeah, oh, okay. I know that. But I think that's probably why they brought him on board to try to do that flip with the series and make it darker and grittier. Right. Yeah, because I, I can't think of the the dark, gritty, realistic reboot before Batman Begins. I can't think of one. So it's like you started this trend that's lasted over a decade. Like I mean, they're still the original, making... Like the original like Batman with... um. Michael yeah, Keaton. Yeah. It's pretty dark, but it's still also very whimsical because you're gonna, you're definitely gonna get that. Um, can't think of names. What, Jack Nicholson? No, the director. Oh, Tim, Tim Burton. Burton. Tim Burton. Yeah, 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 you're gonna get, you're gonna get Tim Burton. You're, I mean, like that movie stylistically looks so much like Beetlejuice to me. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you you lose that realism, which I think is what you got with Batman Begins and Beyond. Is that this? Even though what I love about Batman, Nolan's Batman, is that. It's about a guy who dresses up at a bat, and you forget about that. Yeah, in a way, like you, he made a guy who dresses up as a bat into a crime drama. Right. So you forget about that. It's a the, superhero. Yeah, movie. it's a, you forget it's a superhero movie, and that's that's what it is. Yeah. Well, I, well, to be honest, if we went from the Adam West version to Nolan's, I think that would be kind of a huge quantum leap. Mm-hmm. So I would give Tim Burton's uh, Batman as like a credit for being a good landing pad between the both of them. Of course. Um, because because even though I mean even though you know costume wise, uh, Michael Keaton obviously was like a bat, but it, he didn't portray that. He came off like a superhero. Yeah, he came off. Yeah, yeah, probably though, the same yeah. tone as like Christopher Christian Bale, mm-hmm. just in a different outfit. Yeah, you know. So, I, but I think if they would have went from the '60s Batman, or '50s Batman, whatever, the Adam West one, until to Christopher Nolan, that might have been too jarring. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Maybe, maybe not. Then you had Schumacher and what they it. did. They could get that. that looked like a comic yeah. book. Those were bad. Yeah. 
Those were bad. I'm pretty sure they, there was there was there was. I'm sure DC laid off a lot of people after those. <laughs> well, but they did well in the box office, though, right? Of course, I, except for I think Batman and Robin didn't, or it barely did it. Yeah. I didn't mind the third one. Val Kilmer, I thought was a decent. Yeah, I didn't mind it because it was like okay. It, it, I think what happened was it was when you got to the fourth one, they they just they stepped it up a notch. Yeah, it was like you got the the. The ice skates coming out of the boots. You know, he had the back card. Remember, he had the credit card. <laughs> Which one was the one with Arnold Schwarzenegger? That was the fourth Mr. one. Joel Schumacher. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, chill out. Like, yeah, come on, guys. Like the third one was like, I think I gave it a pass because it's like you've clearly switched directors and you're clearly just going in a different direction. Mm-hmm. But it's like you didn't. Well, I could. One could argue. I don't care about yeah. Val Gilmer. Like yeah. I showed up for Jim Carrey. Yeah. yeah, I think a lot of it. That was Jim Carrey at his most Jim Carrey's. So, yeah. At his most Jim Carrey's. Yeah, like that was he was a superstar at that point. Oh, you mean like the the, the his stardom? Yeah, his oh, stardom okay, was okay. through the roof at that time. Yeah, yeah. It was like the most Jim Carrey's probably the mask to me. Yeah, yeah. But in terms of like him, um, but yeah, I can't think of a reboot that was darker. So that, you y'all might be onto something with that one. Not before that. No. Not before yeah. that. And then before. the floodgates opened for all the others that came out. So well, how many it? how many successful ones have there been? Like dark gritty reboots. Well, right. Uh, Casino oh, Royale. I say Dread. Yeah. Dread. I yeah. Dread, Dread is, was cool. Dread, Dread was is very great. underrated. Yeah. Dread very is extremely underrated, underrated but, film. But it's also a rip off of The Raid. There's, yeah, it is. But yeah. the it raid is, is kind it of is. a ripoff of of End of the Dragon, right? Not End oh, of the Dragon, uh, but Chinese Connection, I think. No, the, the other one, the um, the last one that he did, what the that Bruce Lee did before he died. I for, yeah, I forgot what it's in called. In the yellow suit. Yeah, um, the yellow suit with Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Yeah. yeah. So the raid was kind of a ripoff of that. Yeah. I mean, um, you got Casino Royale and the whole that whole saga. Even jumping all the way to, to like Rogue One. It has a a more grittier tone to it. Mm. A more, what is this shit? You know what I mean? So like, even it may not be realistic because obviously it's Star Wars in the f- space. But, but like, as much as Star Wars can be gritty, gritty, gritty yeah. and not like super glossy. Yeah, it, you, you take away the gloss. So mm. I mean, you're still twelve years later, still seeing movies like this. I mean, they had the shitty Power Rangers reboot. Mm. I'm sure we've missed a few. There's tons and tons of just like. <laughs> Uh, Godzilla? I didn't. Godzilla is pretty like kind of gritty. Uh-huh. Has that gritty that the newest un- one? Yeah, yeah. yeah, has that unglossy kind of feel to it. Yeah, I can see your point. Yeah, yeah. I, I didn't think about how many movies that might have influenced. So sometimes it's right. not necessarily the realism. It's just you're taking away the gloss and you're making it feel a little more real. Right. So I can agree. Yeah. I wish they would. Uh, well, maybe they shouldn't reboot uh, Back to the Future. No. No. no, leave it alone. <laughs> leave it alone. Robocop. Well, but, Robocop doesn't count. That was pretty they, glossy. They, they, do a, they did do a uh, reboot. No, I was saying Robocop. I was yeah. referencing it, but as part of this conversation. But I don't think that counts because that re- really wasn't a. That was it had gloss to it. I mean, they did it with Tron and made it more glossy. Tr- yeah, yeah. <laughs> but out of curiosity, though, if if they just to say hypothetically, because Hollywood's going to come after at some point, mm-hmm. Back to the Future. Who can we see right now redoing Back to the Future? Like as a star, as a director, no, as a director, star. as a director. I'm oh, sorry. You're talking about oh, J.J. Abrams. It? He's yeah. a given. Let's yeah. let's try somebody I mean, else. I mean, you don't make the face. You ask the question. Yeah, you're right. You're right. <laughs> Are you saying rebooting it or kind of like or like a spin on part four? Yeah, part oh. four. <laughs> uh, well, just bringing it back in any capacity. Uh, well, Spielberg. Yeah, we saw what he did with Indiana Jones. Yeah, that was yeah. too. Well, but but he was. Kind of, well, Zemeckis is still alive, but so oh, yeah. he could do it. 
I can see yeah. Adam McKay doing it. Mom, interesting. Okay. Interesting. I don't know. I feel, like, all... I feel like Nolan would do a really interesting time travel film. Yo, that may be the one he needs to take on next yeah. in Back to the Future. No bullshit. Because he might, he might, Hill Valley might be some crazy, like, <laughs> GTA Grand Theft It was. Remember in uh, part two? Yeah. Yeah. It went to the... <laughs> but it might get even crazier with Biff's Nolan, the bro. casino. The... Bro. And the... Isn't it crazy how much Biff is like Donald Trump, though? I saw yeah. that meme the other day. I was like, ah, ah. Yeah. Did anybody ever peep, though, in, it was a part three or part two where he went to the, the, the alternate future. There was, like, random fire in the streets. <laughs> like... <laughs> no, that was the what? alternate present. Ultimate present. Back. After he broke into his house and he almost got shot, it's yeah. like he's wandering and there's literally fire in the streets. Like I was like, what, what type of has occurred? We're almost there. Yeah, I, yeah. I, that part was a little racist, but it's fine. Damn, was it? Yeah, like black people lived in his house and they were shooting at him, and like the neighborhood was, you know, more colorful than it was because before. it was the hood. Because it was the hood. I mean, is that racist it or is it just real? I just fuck you. I'll let it rock. I'll let it rock. It's Back to the Future. Yeah. I'll let it rock because I have, you know, a place in my heart. But you know, right. it's a little. It's went a from, little. Went from Hill know. Valley to High Valley. Uh, Hill Valley Park. I hate you. First of all, they weren't in Hill Valley. They were in the Lion Estates. He wanted to live in Hill Valley. Uh, in Hilldale, okay. excuse me. Yeah. Hill Valley is a town. Yeah, exactly. So they were in Hill Valley. No, but all of Hill Valley was not the hood. Only oh, just that one. Lion. Yeah, yeah, Lion's okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. I see what you're saying. All right. So, um, favorite Nolan film? I said before, The Prestige. Prestige. Yeah, I love The Prestige. Yeah. Great film. Yeah, I think the prestige is is probably when we realized like he wasn't going nowhere. Yeah, like this is it. He he can do you know. Anyway, what do you say? Uh, Martin? Yeah, it's definitely between the prestige and Dark Knight to me. I think Dark Knight is like the greatest superhero movie like ever. I really can't think of anything else that like even comes close. Yeah, it's um, pretty damn. But good. the way the prestige hit me when I first saw it, it was like I was like, wow, this dude is really doing something crazy. I can't wait to see like what else he does. Mm-hmm. So it's between those two. Okay. Yeah, I think for me it would be The Prestige also and also Batman Begins. Mm. Talk mm. about it. Um, just because it was the first time like I was like, okay, I'm seeing something different. You know, mm. I like the whole making it darker. And I feel like the darkness of um, The Prestige, that, that quality of the film was kind of in Batman Begins a little bit. Like mm-hmm. it was just, it was a darker, new, refreshed storyline. I appreciated it. I must be a putz, man, because mm-hmm. watching the first Batman mm-hmm. reboot, it didn't dawn on me how different it was. And maybe that was like the beauty in like what he did. It just mm-hmm. didn't feel like a big quantum leap. Mm-hmm. It, it just felt like, oh, yeah, this makes sense. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Seeing him become Batman, that's what I liked. About yeah. Yeah. That's, that's actually kind of real. That's a journey that I think we, we kind of gloss over. Because Dark Knight was so great mm-hmm. that I think sometimes we do forget that uh, Batman begins was very strong. And it had Liam Neeson in it. Mm-hmm. Hello. You know. I see people playing Dark Knight Rises at like sports bars. Like they'll be like mm. football, 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 Dark Knight. Football, football. <laughs> like mm. people will be like, yo, put Dark Knights on. Turn it on. All right. It's an interesting film. Yeah, it is. I got to go back and watch it. Mm. What do you say, Lizzie? What's your favorite? Uh, Interstellar is my favorite. Oh, yeah. You did say that. Um, Just because it's an epic journey and I'm a nerd and I like space and physics and math and all the fun things. And it reminded me of like, um, 
it reminded me of what you used to get from space movies like back in the 70s mm -hmm. and 80s mm -hmm. without it being corny. Yeah, I, I feel like that movie kind of expanded on what you kind of saw in 2001 Space Odyssey. Right. Like when they flew into that void thing and it just took it to the next level. Yeah. What was the machine? It was kind of like their version of HAL. It was two of them, TARS and what was the other one's name? I wouldn't compare it to HAL though. HAL was like a control the, the ship. Whereas these were like, they were like C-3PO. They're like Android assistants. They control yeah, the ship I mean, too, though. Yeah, yeah. They kind of yeah. had like all the functionality. Like, but I mean, what yeah. would you compare it to? I mean, I know. Like, like a, like a, the, the cyborg henchman. Okay. Like in any space film, you have your, your little robot henchman. So, well, you know? my whole point was the way that that shit moved. Was, I loved it. Uh, that was yeah. dope, man. Yeah, like, yeah. and for, you know, for knowing how he does things practical, I just, I really, Wonder how that was done. I would love to just see behind the scenes on how he did that. How you know how that was constructed. But anyway, I, and that that's the thing too. It didn't feel super glossy for the budget that it had, and you know the time period in which they're making it. As you say, in like a post matrix world, mm -hmm. it didn't feel super glossy. It felt very grounded in realism for it to be like a sci fi epic. You're right, mm -hmm. and I really love that movie. Yeah, you're right. I feel like the cinematography on that one was his best. Oh yeah, on, on um. You know, and I, I think that was the first American film he did without Wally Pfister. But I think that was like scale wise, that was like an amazing, an amazing film. Um, for me, it's Memento, man. Uh, I think that just that shifted a lot of shit, you know. And you know, obviously it was the breakthrough. Um, so for me, that was. I mean, I, I'm fully aware it's probably his lowest budget and all that other shit. But just with the following was probably much lower. Well, yeah. Well, I mean, Fallen wasn't even like a full hour and a half. That shit was like 45 minutes, an hour, an hour. You couldn't get through Fallen? Uh-uh. So you didn't like Fallen? I didn't dislike it. I just haven't gotten through it. Oh, okay. And it's very interesting. Like, it's, I mean, you can watch it and understand where the style for Memento came from. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And, and how he got, it just, he didn't just pop up and this was how he felt about cinema. You know, he kind of worked towards it. I think the funny part is after like Memento and Insomnia, I don't think he reuses anybody. I wonder how they feel. Like Guy Pierce never got a phone call back. Damn, you're right. Guy Pierce. Like it started with Batman. Yeah. Like I think I'm looking at the Yeah, yeah maybe there's Shout was... out to Guy. Guy Pierce is dope. I, I wish he would do Guy more. Guy Pierce is fine. He's good. He's who is he? Waylon? He's good. He's he's <laughs> Okay. Huh? Cool. Um Yeah, man. Christopher Nolan is uh do you, do you guys think he's like probably the most rewatchable director in like history? Yeah. I think he structures the movie on purpose to make you go back and watch it more than one time. Yeah. yeah. He's tricky. Yeah, that, that's that's a hard one to that's just a hard one to quantify actually. I, I guess between him and M Night Shyamalan, but that's just because you want to <laughs> you want to see like how the twist is like um ridiculous. Beforehand. Oh yeah, yeah, there you go. Yeah, I'm yeah. glad you said that. Yeah, um I don't know, man. I might have to put David Lynch up there just because, like, after watching it about 50 to 60 times, I still don't get Mulholland Drive. I feel like I would just get mad after the first time I watched it and wouldn't, like, watch it again <laughs> yeah, with well, David kinda, Lynch stuff, just in period. Yeah, because like, even with Twin Peaks, it's like I, I rewatch it because I'm just like, I just watch stuff of his and rewatch it because I'm like, all right, man, like. Yeah, I'm smarter than I'm, this. I'm smarter than this, and this <laughs> motherfucker ain't this deep, is he? And then I get drawn right back into watching it again. Mm -hmm. So uh, so it's hard to say, man. 
it's hard to quantify that. But I think, like like Lizzie said, he structures it to be to bring that sort of value to it. I'd say that probably adds to his box office numbers for sure. Yeah. Um. You know, that's Shout that. Out to Christopher Nolan for giving Lucas Haas a job. Like, when the fuck have we seen him? Last? Yeah. Yeah. Lucas Haas. Yeah. What the. I, I randomly, well, didn't realize he was in Solar Babies. Oh, Solar Babies is one of my favorite things yeah, in the world. That yeah. I want to see remade. Yeah, me too. I think Solar Babies, need, didn't they try to remake it maybe like 10 years ago? They they did something that I don't was know. very I Solar Babies. I want to see Solar Babies again. Yeah, Solar Babies was, that was kind of ahead of its time. The technology is caught up to yeah, where we where, can. to where the CG would be like dope. Yeah, Solar Babies is my shit. But yeah, I, I didn't realize he he had, he was in a few. He was in childhood. something with Winona Riders. That, that's the last yeah. thing I remember seeing him in. Did I you like just hear what Corey said? What? I've never heard of Solar Babies. What is this? I hate your face. I'm looking at it now. I've never heard of this film. Solar Babies is a cult Patrick. classic. I, yeah. I had discovered that later, the, though. That was something I had heard the girl of. from Point Break. Bodai. Yeah. yeah. Um... Yeah, uh, Solar Baby was just part of that uh, whole like '80s sort of like I can tell by the, the colorful, <laughs> fun cinema. Um, Yo, that chair that the dude had—he made your skin come off. Yeah. Like, oh, that used to freak me out. Right, <laughs> I oh, was like four. Okay. It was fine. I see the picture. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I've never heard of this film. Solar Baby is that shit. I mean, I mean, it's not a mind you, film. it's not great. We watched yeah, it when we were children. It's not but... a great film. It's just one of those shiny object movies. But from your kid, you yeah, like your childhood. Yeah. Um. What what kind of movie? So I mean, like, what, what do we want to see Nolan do next? He's done pretty much. I can't say everything. He hasn't touched every genre, but what do we want to see him do next? Horror. Horror. Mm. Mm-hmm. I'd like to see him do something like closer, like a just a drama of Ooh, sorts. Closer's my shit. Yeah, I love closer. I love to see him do something like that. Horror though, you just that was that's interesting. Nolan does horror. I, I feel like he's too logical for horror. You'd be like, ah, oh, that doesn't make no fucking sense. But I think that when, you, when you're when you grounded in logic and reality, like, whatever you come up with is going to be even more scary because it's plausible. Ooh, bingo. So yeah. maybe... And those not, are the things that scare me the most. I'm not so scared you're think, of what's just supernatural You're not thinking ghosts yeah. and supernatural. You're thinking, like, horror, like a killer of some kind, like a... Possibly. Yeah. Like Blair Witch type shit? Mm-hmm. Oh, I was thinking the other way, like a like a seven, something like that. Like a... Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a... Uh, it can... There's a killer, a serial killer, like a like, serial yeah. killer, uh, someone who's real. Okay, that, you know. Okay, I get where you're going with that. Yeah, that's that's that would be interesting. He should just switch it up and do a rom com. <laughs> no, thank you. <laughs> I don't want it. Yeah, do you think he's even into it? I look at Nolan. And I'm like, yo, he's probably. I probably can't be in the same room with this guy for about like 20 minutes. He seems like he's got to stick up his ass. Like he's I like think very that's serious. Your, probably your perception of yeah, British because, people. Well, no, not a British. No, 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 definitely not a British people. Not with shows like Chewing Gum. <laughs> but like, but like, I know what it is. It's like every picture you see him, he's got a three piece suit on. Yeah, apparently I'm like the fucking guy. Yeah, apparently he wear he dresses up every day for for his shoots. Like Would he grow up poor? I don't know. Okay, I don't know, man. But I'm like, this like Alfred, well, Hitchcock. Alfred Hitchcock used to do that too. People who grow up poor tend to dress up. So I'm just I'm just curious, like. Really? Mm. You would just pin that on people that grew up poor? Well, when you, not, not all people that grew up poor, but when you can afford nice things, like you want to present yourself a certain way. Right. So that's why I asked the question. Right. If that matters to you. Well, I mean, it kind of does. I mean, I, you know, 
I don't know. We're just, millennials, though. Like, we want to be comfortable all the fucking time. We don't care. So Yeah, like, come on, bro. Like, we came to a basketball game. This is very unnecessary, Mr. <laughs> Nolan. Like, I feel underdressed everywhere I go. Let's go to Burger King. You got a fucking suit on? Like, come on, man. I went out on a date with a guy like that. Like, we met at Carabas at, like, 11 o'clock, and he had on a fucking velvet situation. I was too like, oh, much. Looking like Mr. Glass. Shout out to you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was, no, I show up in my chambray shirt and, like, my, my writing tights or whatever. Yeah, you're like, This oh. motherfucker had on a whole Mr. Glass get up. I'm not even fucking kidding. I should have <laughs> snuck and took his picture. What color was the velvet? It was purple, my nigga. <laughs> <laughs> I was like hoping a, for like blue, it was, like no, a navy like blue. 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 It was like a, it was like an eggplant Burgundy. blazer. It was he didn't have on a whole Mr. Glass getup, but like he like his blazer was like it was like a burgundy corduroy crushed velvet. I don't know. I That's just was like he looked like Willy Wonka right now. That's bad. Yeah, I, but honestly, now that we said it, I do now. I do want to see him bring back Back to the Future because it's got the time thing. Mm-hmm. Michael Caine could obviously obviously be Doc Brown. Mm-hmm. I don't want Michael Caine as Doc Brown. He's all oh, one hundred and twenty five gigawatts. <laughs> That's too much moving around for Michael Caine. Yeah, Michael Caine don't move around a lot in his movies. He yeah, sits he, or stands he and does a, a quick he, walk, but nothing. Who would you cast as Doc Brown? And don't fucking say Michael Caine. Like, who would we cast? Um, I mean, are, are we trying to take it trying to take the character seriously, or is it comedy? Like, like a like a serious like a serious spin on the comedy, though. Like, mm, that's a good one. A serious. Mm. I don't know. That's a tough one. You got to figure out what direction. Are you going to reboot it? Or are you going to keep? Are you going to do part four? Right. Part four, you get you got to bring him back. Yeah, but still I'm just thinking of an I'm just trying to think of an actor that can fit those shoes, like that 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 has enough. Like Christopher Lloyd is just like perfect there. You already yeah. know if they make a part four, it'll be the son of Doc Brown and the son of Michael J. Fox. They're going to be two up and coming actors who well, are you young. Have, no, that that doesn't work because. Classic. I'm just saying from a classic okay. Hollywood reboot from the sense. Time, yeah, from the timeline, he has two sons, Jules and Vern. Like, yeah, it, it, Jules will be played by who plays Thor, his younger brother, <laughs> Liam Hensworth. <laughs> Liam Hensworth. He'll be played by Liam Hensworth. Mm, so, who plays Thor, his younger brother? Yeah. yeah. Well, damn. Who? I don't know, bro. That's a, that's a good. Who would you? Who do you think, Lizzie? Who could be? Doc I, I don't Brown? fucking know. That's why I asked you. <laughs> yeah, that's a tough one. I mean, well, Christopher Lloyd wasn't that old, right? When he did it, that was obviously wig and shit. Christopher Lloyd's been old his whole life. I watched him in yeah, something with Max true. Records where he was like an alien that ate people. Like about, recently, he weird. looked old as shit in that movie. That's weird. It's called like I'm Not a Serial Killer or something like that. Uh, what about Gary Oldman? <laughs> that wouldn't be bad, but actually, I think I got it. Will Ferrell. No. Yeah, no. Why? Why not? Why not? Because he's too he's too stupid. Like, yeah, I need to be funny without being stupid. Like, Christopher Lloyd is seventy nine. Jesus, damn, he's older than fuck. Um, he's older than fuck. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know who I would. I don't know who I would have do it. Yeah, that's a tough one. But uh, how about? Uh, well, then, uh, who would who would do? Uh, who would I cast? Marty. Marty? Yeah. Liam Hemsworth. <laughs> Absolutely not. Um, James Franco. 
Asa Butterfield. I think um, Dave Franco would actually be decent. Dave Franco's too old Dave now, Frank. though, isn't he? He's in his 30s, right? He still looks like he's like 20 years old, though. Yeah. Zach Efron. Zach Efron. Yeah, yeah. 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 that pops in my head. Efron. You know, if they're going to do a reboot, it's going to be The Rock starring as Zach Doc Brown. Zach Efron's career is kind of like... Zach Efron's career is not where it needs to be for him to pull off a Yeah, he couldn't pull off Back to the Future. That'd be disrespectful. But they, but I don't they put it past Hollywood for trying. I think they would give him a shot. Yeah. Well, if we're, okay. So if we're talking about if we're talking about Nolan rebooting it. I think it's pretty simple. Yeah, he would either put Michael Caine or fucking Killian Murphy as Doc Brown. And Killian then, Murphy is Doc Brown. Yeah. Why not? Okay. Well, we keep thinking Doc Brown is older. So if you just redid the character to be a little younger, well, yeah, that's Killian Murphy. I mean, just that. yeah, to, like Estelle Getty and fucking uh, Golden Girls. She wasn't like a hundred years old. Like she was portraying. She was only like fifty, half that. You know. So throw a wig on her. Throw some. Throw a wig on them. Throw some makeup on them. Whatever the case may be. And, uh, I actually, I got it. Steve Carell. Fuck all of y'all. I win. Steve Carell. <laughs> that's a good one. I know. I win. Yeah, okay. All right. I'll let you win with that. All right. So so horror, no rom-com. We don't want to see that happen. I want to see Back to the Future. Any other suggestions on Christopher Nolan and his uh, next you know, movie in his career? I would love to see him do, too, like um, a, a reboot of, what's the one with Sylvester Stallone and Wesley Snipes and... Um, Demolition, Demolition Man. Man? Yeah. One of the best movies of the 90s ever. I'd love to see Demolition Man with with Christopher Nolan. I love Demolition Man. Mm, but like grounded in reality. Grounded, yeah. So it's my fifth grade teacher. He had, you know, Taco Bell used to do the promotion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They had the big giant, well. <laughs> like... Stallone cut out and he got it and he put it in our trailer and then he got the Wesley Snipes one too and they were huge they took up the whole wall your teacher oh, was wow. a fucking nerd yeah, he I was like this guy yeah, yeah Mr. Kerrigan shout outs to you yeah he planned that just just to put it in your perspective as an adult your teacher stole some shit from Taco Bell and yeah. brought it to yeah. school yeah. Just to, yeah just to put it in perspective an adult he yeah. actually took time <laughs> to do that think yeah. about how, how weird that is and then Sandra Bullock <laughs> to impress some kids her, her sexy ass yeah yeah love me some Sandra Bullock I'd, I'd like to see him do like like a Guy Ritchie, like London gangster movie. I think he would. I just want to see one of those from him. Mm-hmm. I just want to see one of those, period. I like yeah. those. Yeah, I like yeah, those too. Come back, Guy Ritchie. Well, um, are there any other films you guys are anticipating seeing, looking forward to, about to come out? Uh, Suburbicon, I want to see, even though it looks like I saw you post the other day that it, the reviews weren't that good. Yeah, I'd heard from a few people that the reviews, but I mean, nobody understands Coen Brothers for real. Like, every, you know, like, I don't know, man. Like, Does it, have you seen it yet or no? I haven't. I haven't. But I'm a fan of I'm a fan of George Clooney and his directorial efforts. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And then I love I love Matt Damon. It's got Oscar Isaac. I just don't see how this can lose. Uh, Coen Brothers wrote it. From what I've from what I've heard, the synopsis is it puts me in the mind of like a Get Out. So I really want to see it. Like, mm. yeah, I want to see Suburbicon too. That's that's on my top of my list. Um, I haven't seen any more previews for it, but the movie that was like. Kind of like Atomic Blonde, but with Taraji. You know I what I'm talking no about? I have no clue what you're talking about. Yo, it's uh, Proud Mary. Yeah, Proud Mary. Yeah, yeah. That um, that looked very interesting. Well, I'll watch uh, that because I mean Taraji's in it. I'm not gonna skip it. Yeah, I like. I, I'm interested in that Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri. Yes. That actually looks pretty good. Yes, I, and I I love that it's very. Well, you try to slam me because I don't fucking like in uh, Bruges. Uh, yeah. So for some reason you you feel like there's a connection between the fucking two outside. Ray I don't Fines think there's a Bruce, connection. Right? I just think in Bruce, yeah, he's yeah. in Bruce. Yeah, yeah. He's, not, he's, the, he's the bad guy. And, it's Colin yeah, Farrell. Right. Colin Farrell. And Colin then Matt Moody. I don't yeah. know his actual uh, name, but yeah. that's his name in Harry Potter. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, 
He's um the dude the dude's uh father, I forgot his name, um, that you like on Black Mirror, the redhead. Tom Hall Gleason? Yeah. Yeah, he's uh Tom Hall Gleason's father. I don't know his Man, name. Man, I moved he's Tom Hall Gleason's father. I did not fucking know that. Mm. Learning shit today. All day. Yeah, I want to see that too, the three billboards outside Yeah. I like Frances McDormand. She's Yeah, I like it too. It's it'll be interesting to see what she does outside of like Cohen Brothers movies. Yeah. Cause she does exist outside of Cohen Brothers. Yeah. <laughs> I know yeah. it's hard to believe, but she was in a Transformers movie. Oh, come on now. Oh. Nobody cares. I do. Yeah, we know. <laughs> we know. So no other no other movies, guys. Shoot. Um I saw Marshall. That was all right. We should have a we should have a Chadwick Boseman because I I know a lot of people I ain't gonna say no names but a lot of people in this chat like feel like he's like a just a regular actor. I did, no I don't feel yeah. like he's not good. I just don't think he needs to play every biopic Negro. Yeah. Like that's really my criticism of him because like I'm excited to see um, Black Panther. Me too. Now that that new trailer has come out and they fixed the CGI, it doesn't look shit. Mm. I'm like okay yes I want to see this. So yeah I, I'm excited to see him in Black Panther too. I I think he just doesn't. For them to continuously cast him in these films, like I just don't see what they see in him that other people can't do. Yeah, Yeah, that's my whole thing. I don't have a problem with him. He hasn't like underwhelmed me or anything like that, but he just hasn't blown me away either. But I just think from like optics, Laz Alonzo was a better pick. I agree. You know, for for Marshall, but that's just me. You know, they've gotten it wrong before, so clearly not a big deal. Simone. (laughs) yeah all right guys well uh thank you for sticking with us with the christopher nolan episode and um you know i don't know man tell us what you know if you're a fan of nolan tell us what you what you think about him doing back to the future because i'm gonna start that campaign because i really believe in that um you know the routine man we are on instagram and on facebook at kind of movie critics uh and we are on twitter as kind of movie crits um Worlds are right, did we do we have a MySpace? Did we reboot a MySpace? Oh, my <laughs> <laughs> a Black Planet page. Black Planet page. Uh, so anyway, man, yeah, we're in SoundCloud, iTunes. Um, don't know how you're listening to us, but uh, you know, if you're on that iTunes, please, please rate, review us, and uh get our boostings up there, man. We're kind of just sitting stale uh in terms of reviews, man. So we we really want to hear how we're doing. If you guys really follow it, if you think we're shitty and you want to replace us with all new cast, you know, whatever the case may be, we just want to hear it all. So I mean, um, if you feel that way, you can totally eat a dick, but we will, we want to hear that you feel that way. I, I, I wouldn't say eat a dick, but she said it. So, um, <laughs> do we want to get into personal IGs? Y'all want to throw y'all personals out? Follow me at filmmaking treasy <laughs> on Instagram. The realist at Corey Ray Smith, K O R Y. That's pretty much for everything. You can find me at JT Vision, and that's Vision with a Z. I'm Young Lazy, Y U N G L E E Z Y. I follow a kind of movie critics. On air network, all the other podcasts um, by invite only. I don't, don't want to just say all of them. Yeah. There's a lot of them, but yeah. yeah I want to mess them up. By invite only, live from the 75 Society X. That's what I want. And that's what I want to follow them all. So. Uh, we're going to get to the bottom of why Martin doesn't like giving out his personals. I think he has warrants. So. <laughs> anyway. I don't think so. <laughs> uh, so anyway, man, we call ourselves kind of movie critics because we kind of are and we're kind of not. We're just a bunch of people that like to watch movies. This has been an On Ear Network production.